Hello and welcome to the Midweeks. I'm Pastor Rob and today we're going to continue talking about turning points in church history and this is kind of part two from last time. Last time we talked about this period of time after the apostles died out, after the fall of Jerusalem and before when the Emperor Constantine rose in power and started showing favor to Christians. Um, There's this period of time, roughly about 250 years, where the church is growing organically, growing as a grassroots movement throughout the Roman Empire, and having to kind of find its footing on its own as this thing separate from um, the Jewish culture, and interacting with all the religions and philosophies of the world. And so last time we talked about how the church put effort into recognizing what is the canon, Okay, because we were saying that this guy named Marcion arose and he had this vision of who God was that didn't have much to do with the Old Testament. He didn't like any of the wrath that he saw in any of the scriptures. And so he did his Bible study with a pair of scissors and was just cutting chunks out of the scriptures. And the church responded by saying, hey, wait, no, those are the scriptures. We've been using them in worship for a long time. And we recognize that these writings, the Gospels and Paul's letters and Peter and Hebrews and Revelations, ultimately they figured this out over time. But these these writings are actually God's gift to us. That the Holy Spirit is the divine author behind these books. And so they judge our teachings. They judge our worship and not we judge what they say and cut things out when we don't like it. So that was part one. Part two is going to be looking at church leaders and the creeds as they arose. The bishops. The bishops were the head church leaders in cities. And I think sometimes some cities might have multiple church leaders or they're the head church leader in an area. Um, The bishops were an office that the church came together to recognize in order to kind of meet the challenge of the external pressures within the church as well as the internal divisions of the church. And this is a very human thing to do. You know, if you read through the scriptures, one of the main questions throughout the entire story of the Bible is um, the search for faithful leaders. Who is a faithful leader? You know, the story of Saul and David, the book of Judges, Joshua, it's all about faithful leaders. And so that doesn't just stop because um, the era of creating scriptures over. And so this question of what, how do we find faithful leaders and how do we look to faithful leaders was a big thing in the church. And with so much external pressure as well as internal pressure, there, there needed to be strong leadership. That's kind of just the human reality. The more chaos, the more disturbance there is in any society, in any culture, the more people look to a strong leader for leadership. And that even happens nowadays. And so the church looked to these bishops to be strong leaders, to be people who set great examples and who would defend the faith and to defend the teachings of the church in the face of internal heresy or external pressure. And so um, there would be like a bishop of Rome and a bishop of Alexandria and a bishop of Antioch. And so these bishops would over time be the main church leaders who would come to councils to discuss questions of the day and to create these kind of responses to theological theological logical questions, excuse me, saying, you know, this is what the church believes, this is what the church teaches. And so this role of bishop was quite an important role as time went on. And sometimes you'd have great bishops, like Athanasius was the bishop of Alexandria, I believe. And he was a very, very, very faithful leader, faithful pastor. 
But of course, the bishop being human, if he were unfaithful or not great at a discerning Christian teaching, then he wouldn't be that much of a boon to the church. Anyhow, as through this period, though, this, this, the idea of promoting the authority of the bishop was raised so much that really the roots of the papacy were coming out of this time. And so what happened was the bishop of Rome kind of was given this predominant role among the bishops. And over time, this, this idea of the Bishop of Rome kind of being the inheritor of the office of chief apostle that was given to Peter um, developed until we get the Pope and the papacy. So we get the idea that there's one person on earth who is the father of the church and who has the right to infallibly interpret scripture or decree things from his office or whatever. That The, the roots of that go right back to the early church and what some of the things that some writers were saying about the role of the bishop. But um, really what was going on there is this very human thing. You know, the Holy Spirit appoints people for office, for leadership, and the church was looking for strong leadership during this chaotic time in these first few centuries, and they they were looking to the office of the bishop ruling over a city for this thing, for, for good or ill. The other thing that was developed during this time were, were the creeds. So the canon was recognized, the bishops were exalted, and the creeds were developed. And creeds are human words summarizing biblical teachings as a way of uh, a Christian group expressing their faith, if you want to put it like that. And so the church was developing these creeds, and particularly like baptismal creeds or other kinds of creeds, saying this is what we believe, and it is different than the outside world. Okay, we're not pagans, we're not um, dualists, we're not Gnostics, you know, we believe this. And so the most famous creed really is the Apostles' Creed. It wasn't written by the Apostles, but it's kind of a summary of what the Apostles taught, and it's the one that says, you know, I believe in God the Father, Almighty Maker of the heavens and the earth, and in Jesus Christ his Son, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, and born of the Virgin Mary, and suffered under Pontius Pilate, and rose from the grave on the third day, and I'm paraphrasing it a bit, but and you can check it out online if you'd like to, but you can hear as this creed is being developed, this is just like, this is what we believe, this is what we believe, this is what we believe, and it's a demarcation, it's kind of like the border of faith, if you believe these things and you embrace the implications of this belief, then you're a Christian. And if you don't believe these things, then you're not a Christian. And that's what a creed is meant to do. It's meant to demarcate what true faith is, what saving faith is, what Christian faith is. And these creeds were being developed. And you could see how this would be really, really important if the church is growing in this hostile environment, whether it's politically hostile or philosophically hostile or spiritually hostile, hostile that a group of people would be developing these statements of faith to saying, this is who we are. This is what we live and die for. And there were lots of people who died for this faith, for this creed. It's human words summarizing biblical teaching, apostolic teaching to say this is who we are and this is what we're going to live and die for. So those were the creeds in a nutshell. So this early period is characterized by recognizing the canon, the gift of God in scripture, recognizing the bishops as a church leaders who would give, have authority and give leadership during this time, and developing creeds as ways to encourage the faith as well as demarcate who the church was in comparison to the outside world. And these things kind of are the turning point developments in this phase of church history. Next time I'm here, I'm going to talk about Constantine and the rise of the first Roman emperor who gave real privilege to the church, as well as to the Council of Nicaea, where the bishops got together under the under the 
the oversight of Constantine to talk about the true nature of Christ as fully man and fully God. Have a great day.